attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. All right, Entree Architect community, it's time for Context and Clarity Live, where we spend an hour every Thursday afternoon searching for clarity around the things that matter most to you the architect. And it doesn't matter if you're the employee of a firm or if you own your own firm. Maybe you dream of starting your own thing. Maybe you've even said that 2021 is my year and you're on the runway to starting your own thing. Or maybe you have had a firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. All of the topics that we cover fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture, and they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host Catherine McPhail and I had last week with our Context and Clarity guest. Every week, we have a new guest and a new topic, so let's jump right into the conversation. This episode of Context and Clarity is supported by Twinmotion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. To learn more, visit Twinmotion at twinmotion.link slash clarity. All right, Entree Architect community, it's 4 p.m. Eastern, which means it's time for the Context and Clarity Live session for, what's today? It's Thursday, September 9th, 2021. Thanks for joining us today. As you get here, say hi. Let us know that you're here and let us know where you're joining the conversation from. Uh, If we've never met before, my name is Jeff. I'm in Indianapolis. 
I come to the Context and Clarity Conversations every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern, but to Context and Clarity live every Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you may figure out very quickly that we are live to Facebook, we are live to LinkedIn, we are live to YouTube and to Twitch right now. So say hi from wherever you are and let us know that you're here. If you are see your comment showing up on the screen right now, if you're in Facebook, Facebook has these privacy policies that we respect. And uh, part of the rule is that you, your name, your information cannot leave Facebook without you giving Facebook permission to do so. So if you're showing up on the screen as Facebook user rather than your name and your picture, I see Javier there. I see his name and his picture from Facebook. So if you'd like to be like Javier and you're not like Javier, you're showing up as Facebook user, look to the bottom left of your screen right now. There is a URL. It's chat.restream.io slash FB, as in Facebook. If you uh, go to that URL, you can give Facebook permission to let your name and your picture out so that we can see you. We can enjoy your face, and we can see your name, and we can call you out by name. So if that's something you want to do, check that out. Uh, otherwise, hello to everybody on LinkedIn. I see Jefferson over there on LinkedIn and Javier, like I said, on um, on Facebook. I see a Facebook user with a hand waving, so I bet that's Benita in Atlanta. Uh, Scott Thrift in San Francisco, I think, on uh, Twitch there. So we're covering everybody because I saw Brian McCartney on YouTube. So we've got all four channels represented right now. So welcome to all of you. Again, my name is Jeff Eccles. Uh, I'm joined by... Oh, me, Catherine. As usual, Catherine McPhail. Hi. Hi, Catherine. Thanks so much for having me on, Jeff. (laughs) You you are here because you have to keep the wheels on the bus today. (laughs) Okay. Great. I'm up for it. It looks like Leslie's in bear country, which is interesting. So that's her new place. Yeah, that's Leslie. I was wondering who that uh, Facebook user in bear country was. So now we know. Hi, Leslie. Uh, Watch out for the bears. Remember, you don't have to be the fastest. You just don't want to be the slowest. Um, with that, hello. Uh, we see uh, Kurt in Flint, Michigan from, on the Twitch side. Uh, Chris Novelli, welcome back from Massachusetts. Got a lot of friends showing up there. Hi, Corey from uh, Massachusetts. Uh, we got the Massachusetts Posse That's representing today. to be. Yep. And our guest is also. That's right. We have a, a guest from Massachusetts today who we'll introduce here in just a minute. So that just adds this this Massachusetts posse just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So uh, we're going to have to maybe rename the show. Mm. I, don't know what, I don't know what we call it. Live from Massachusetts, I think. Something like that. Live from the Tea Party. Uh, Rebecca, welcome from Austin, Texas. And Rod, <laughs> Rod is uh, checking in as usual from, from Monroe, Louisiana. Chris says Massachusetts is taking over. So maybe. Maybe you are. That's a good name. I think that's what he means by that's the suggestion for the title of our new show. Mm, Okay. All right. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see. Maybe maybe California will beat you out today (laughs) because we always have a lot of folks from California joining us as well. But it's a lot bigger. It is a lot bigger state. Absolutely. We've got a LinkedIn user from Portland, Oregon. So why does LinkedIn users show up that way? I've never seen that before. I don't know. Okay. Well, Keep an eye on Portland. those shady characters, though. Yeah, we have to. to welcome from no. Portland, Oregon. Glad you are here and everybody else. Again, say hi when you get here and let us know where you are because it is interesting to see where these conversations spread. Uh, if you're not familiar, if you've never been to Context and Clarity before, it is not unusual 
In fact, it's quite usual for us to have uh, friends from California all the way over to Massachusetts, to the UK, to Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, Philippines, uh, Australia, all on with us online at the same time. Hey, it's Sharice. Hi, in Portland. Glad that you're joining us today, Sharice. Um, uh, so we we regularly have an audience and, and participation from around the world in real time, which is very cool. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I like seeing where everybody's from. So say hi. <laughs> Rod says the <laughs> Wicked Pissa. <laughs> Wicked Pissa podcast. Yeah, that's for sure our new name. <laughs> right on. All right. Maybe we're we bring out the, the tag. It's Wicked Pissa could be our tagline. There you go. That's we're right. going to bring out the uh, Boston accent here, which means this is going to be bad because I can't <laughs> do it. It's okay. You so, don't have to. Uh, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we jump into this? Because, like I said, our guest today is from Massachusetts. Um, we've been waiting for this opportunity. This is going to be a fun one today. Mm. Um, our guest today is a veteran of the AEC industry. So there you go. We've got uh, someone that not only knows what they're talking about, but they know what they're talking about inside this industry where we all are. So veteran of the AEC industry. She's a business development strategist, a networking coach, and a podcast host. She focuses on cultivating authentic relationships that let you be you and help you win work. And she's the author of This Shit Works. Julie Brown, welcome to Context and Clarity Live. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. It's great to have yeah, you here with us. It's great to be here. And for anybody that missed it this morning, uh, many of you know that we start out our day, our Context and Clarity Day, over on the uh, Clubhouse app. And Julie joined us this morning in the Clubhouse room, Context and Clarity room this morning. And so that was it's great to start the conversation out over there. And so um, there's lots of ways to get involved with context and clarity. There's lots of places to consume all of this. And I forgot to say hello to those of us that are, or those of you that are listening to us in the future in the podcast version of this. Uh, we take the audio only version and publish it to the context and clarity podcast uh, on Mondays. So this conversation, if you miss part of it, you can always, you can go to YouTube and watch the video if you want. But if you're a podcast person, check it out via wherever you listen to podcast. Uh, it'll come out Monday at noon and it'll be the audio only version of this conversation that we're about to have. So Julie, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. You talk a lot about building relationships. You talk a lot about business development, mm -hmm. talked about networking some this morning as well. So yeah. why don't we start out this conversation, maybe with just a simple definition, what is a professional network? Oh, geez. So a professional network is your group of people who are invested in your success and you are invested in their success. It's the easiest way to put it. It's the yeah. relationships that you build in which you are invested in someone else's well-being and they are in yours. Yeah, I like that. And it, you know, it wraps the, wraps the idea of it being a two-way street or at least a two-way street into into the conversation as well because on monday or, or not monday we had a holiday in the u.s u.s on monday so we didn't have context and clarity but on tuesday we talked about where um where your clients come from who refers your clients to you and i think we have to remember it's not a this isn't a take 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 right it's got to be a two-way street when we're talking about our network of people um is it possible 
you know, there, there are plenty of us, you know, I've been stuck in this white box for 18 months, right? Haven't left my house in 18 months. Um, haven't seen another human being in real life for nearly two years now. And I wonder, is it possible to not have a network? No, it's absolutely, I mean, you, no one is born into this world without parents and a family, I mean, or, or groups of people around them. So when people say to me, I don't know how big my network is. I don't have a network. I say, take a legal lined piece of paper and then write down all of the people that you know, write, write down your friends, your family, your friends of your family, uh, anybody you went to school with, old coaches that you had, like write down all of the people that you know, your neighbors, like we need to redefine what the term network is. It is your relationships. Okay. So everybody has a network. You're no one is starting from zero at all. People just don't think about it in the terms of my network is the people that I know and the people that I invest time in building relationships. And so when people, and and I, I totally agree. I think there are a lot of people, and this is the reason I asked the question. I think there are a lot of people, I don't, I don't have a very big network or I don't have a network or whatever version it is, but, but like you said, you, you do. But I think there are an awful lot of us that aren't doing a great job of cultivating, um, fostering these relationships. Yeah. So what happens? What happens if we aren't doing a good job? You know, again, stuck in my basement theoretically. Um, what happens if I lose touch with these people and I don't talk to these people for a long period of time? What's that going to do to my business? So listen, that happens. Like this, this is life. We get busy. Time goes by really fast without us noticing it. And, and then there'll be a space of time where you're like, oh my God, I haven't talked to that person in two years. And now it's awkward. And now you feel like you can't talk to that person. There is no chasm of time between the last time you talked to somebody or the last time you saw them that can't be rebuilt. With, and I always say it's the five words that can reconnect you with anybody. I've been thinking about you. And that is like the, the surefire way to make somebody feel really good. Like when I call somebody and say, I was thinking about you today. I saw this picture of us and it made me think of you. I heard this song and it made me think of you. I read this article and it made me think of you. It doesn't matter how much time has passed. Those, those five words, they bridge that gap. And so, so many people lose touch with people because they feel like too much time has passed to reconnect when that's never the case. It's never the case. No, there's never a a case in which too much time has passed where you can't reach back out and try to rekindle that relationship. I'm glad you said that because there are a couple people I've been thinking about in the last week or so that that's been on my mind. You know, I haven't talked to them in two years. And that's probably the reality. I mean, like you said, how many people would have that same exact comment though? Right. That's not, that is right now something that everybody is dealing with. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? It does. It goes both ways. They haven't called you either. So that's right. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So, so we, we can rekindle those relationships. Mm-hmm. We can use those five words. Um, what, what's the, what's the danger if we don't, right? What's the danger if we aren't building these relationships and growing these relationships and, maintaining our network? Well, here's the thing. There's two reasons why that's bad. One is you're not giving yourself the opportunity to be useful to that person in your network. You're not giving yourself the opportunity to be um, 
a really essential part of their network, that person's network, and be invested in their success and be a re- be a reason why that person is successful. That's number one. Number two is it's really hard to have an ask from somebody you haven't talked to in two or three years. So think about like you get a lead and you're like, oh, I need to figure out what's going on with this project. And then you realize that the person who has the answer to the question that you have, you haven't talked to in three years. So the first time you've reached out to them in three years is because you need something like that stinks. Like that smells to high heaven. Like we don't want that. We want to be able to have this cadence of reaching back out to our network so that when we do have an ask, it's not like, oh, you only call me when you need me kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And, and often, you know, I think when I'm working with firms and, and I see firms that are getting a little bit anemic, right? They're struggling. Um, I, I, in the back of my mind, the first thought is always, I don't think they're talking to enough people. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that ring true? Yeah, because I can't tell you how many times like I'll reach out to somebody and they'll say, oh, you know, I was thinking about calling you the other day, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Or I'm so glad you called. I, you know, I, I have this thing I want to talk to you about where I always say, especially in our industry, where if somebody's saying, do you know an architect, what they're going to do is they're going to give the name of the like the last three architects they talk to. Well, if you aren't one of the last three architects they talk to, guess whose name is not going to be on their lips. You have to remember that that people will, you have to stay on top of their minds. You have to stay on top of their minds in very thoughtful and authentic ways. And you do that by, by reaching out and saying, I was thinking about you. I saw this article and thought, and thought you would enjoy it. I read this book and thought you would enjoy it. I heard, heard this podcast episode. Um, thought you would enjoy like just having ways of reaching out to people to stay to stay top of mind where that person thinks that person's always thinking about me. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you, you know, you're talking about the articles or the pictures. I mean, you're obviously talking about investing some time mm-hmm. and some effort. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our audience are small firm architects, right? Sure. They're and I know. I know from your background, you understand the situation exactly, not only from your own business, but but from your husband's business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's wearing the 17 hats of the entrepreneur. Time is the resource they have the least of. Well, everybody has the same, same amount of time, except for me. I bought a couple of extra hours. I get 26 hours a day now. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, can, I can hear people now. Oh wow! Looking for articles and and finding ways to to reconnect. How much effort does that take? And how much Not effort much should we be? Think about think about little things. Think about little things. Okay. So think about how long it would take you to actually write a handwritten note and mail it to somebody. Like that would take me a minute to write a handwritten note, and then it would take me. Well, I don't live very far from the postal box, so my office. So it would take me maybe a minute to walk there, a minute back, like three minutes to like send a handwritten note. And that handwritten note is going to make that person feel so special. They're going to open it up. They're going to say, oh my God, this person thought of me. They're going to put that note on their desk and they're going to think about me every time they look at that note. Like think about that, like three minutes. Can you not, are really, are you so busy? How much time do you spend on your Facebook feed? Okay. How many time, like how, like how much zoom? doom scrolling are you doing every day? 
You know, like think about how much time you waste. There is this little thing called the Pomodoro technique, and I don't know if anybody has ever heard of it, but the Pomodoro technique is a, is a technique in which you block out periods of time where you only work on one thing. So you set a timer for 25 minutes. The Pomodoro te- technique is 25 minutes. You can do it for less, but you set it for 25 minutes, and during that 25 minutes, you have zero distractions. So think about if for, for 25 minutes out of each day, if you had zero distract, distractions, how many people could you send an email to? send a text to, put a handwritten note in the mail, look up an article that might be interesting to them. Like how many people in your network could you, could you reconnect with in 25 minutes? Think about it. You make time for the things that are important to you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. Do, can I, uh, does it have to be a handwritten note or can it be an email? I mean, I know email is a little bit less personal. Well, here's and, the um, thing. I mean, the delayed gratification from an email, for sure. Uh, how many emails do people get on average every single day? Hundreds. How many handwritten notes do they get? None. Take the time to send the note. For me, it's so hard. I mean, I don't mean to complain, but I have eight. I, I think it's my ADHD, right? So it's like it's writing the note. First of all, it's finding the note paper. Then no, it's writing the note. What you do. You plan. You plan in advance. I plan in advance. That's crazy, on. Julie. So I get all the stuff and I have it there with the stamp. Literally right here. I can pull it out right now. I have a box of thank you cards. I have um, my pen and I have my stamps. You want to know why? Because I don't want an excuse for why I cannot put together a thank you note for somebody. We make time for the things that are important to us. <laughs> Well, and, and you know what you just described when when the two of you started on that the very first thing that came into my mind was the example from um atomic habits mm-hmm. where he starts talking about how to become a runner or, or yes. how to you know exercise by running it's you, you, you lay the stuff out right yep. the clothes and everything out that. yeah Years ago, you know, 20 something years ago, when I was marathon running, when I was starting to marathon run, I would do that every night. I would put my running clothes out every night and like put them right by my bed. So the first thing I did when I woke up was I put on my running clothes. And you know what? There's no excuse. I'm already dressed. I'm going running. Yeah. And, you know, so at that point, you're getting a little bit, um, you're starting to get into strategy a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're planning for it. We've got the, the notes, the notepaper, we've got the pen, the stamps and all of that. So if we take that to the next level, who are we reaching out to? Because I think we've got to be really strategic about building this network too. Um, There are a lot of people that I know that know a lot of people that, you know, is it doing anything for them? Is it producing any results for their business? So here's the thing about networking is people think it's like this amorphous thing that just happens. And you have to be strategic. Yes, I think you should network with everybody. Everybody has something to offer you. However, if we only have so much time in a day, we have to be strategic about how we network. And one way to be really strategic, a couple of ways to be really strategic about what we're doing is to know exactly who we want to be connected to. Know exactly who we should be connected to. And then have a strategy for having somebody in our network who is already connected to that person make a strategic introduction for us. Okay, there's this thing called triadic closure. And if anybody knows what that is, it's sort of, it's like this social network theory, which says that 
if you are introduced to somebody you don't know by somebody you you both share a contact with, a friend, a mutual friend, your relationship will grow at an accelerated rate because you have a mutual friend. Sort of like the friends of my friends are my friends thing. So who do you want to be connected to? Research who you should be connected to. Research who in your network has already connected to them and ask, do you know this person well enough to make a strategic introduction for me? That's one. If you can't, if you don't have somebody, this is where most people fail at networking is they do not prepare enough before they reach out to somebody. They don't do enough research on that person to figure out how they can connect with them in multiple ways, on multiple like commonalities before reaching out. Whenever I write a cold email to somebody when I'm trying to reach out to them, I make sure I say, we have this many mutual connections, we have this in common, whether it's skiing or mountain biking or wine tasting or rescue dogs or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, this is why I'm connecting. Because I'm trying to create that commonality with them before I, they even get to the part of the email that says, what is, why is this girl reaching out to me? You know, that, that reminds me, apparently this is going to be a, a book recall day because <laughs> that, and, and a lot of our audience hears me talking about this book a lot, probably too much, but there's a book called uh, Content-Based Networking, James Carberry. Um, and he's got, without really talking about the book, he's got this strategy for reaching out to people that, uh, in his case, he's trying to get his podcast guests for, you know, for his company. And it's, it's a one, two, three sentence max formula for his emails. And each, each one of these emails, the, the formula includes immediacy, relevance, and specificity, which is really a lot of what you're talking about. You know, earlier said, hey, I was thinking about you because I saw this article. That's immediacy. I just saw this article. And of course, that's also got relevance wrapped into it. And then specificity might be, hey, you know, we talked about this or we're, you know, this is what we're, we're talking about, things like that. But, um, you know, again, our audience has heard me talk about this. There's some magic to this formula. It's, you know, it's making the other person, uh, put, put, put it, shining a light on the other person, making it about them and making yourself very relevant mm -hmm. in that, in that context with them. So I think what you're saying fits exactly in, in that formula and everybody else can read the rest of the book to figure out what the rest of it is. But, um, but I think that's great advice. How do you, you know, you talked about the, uh, the friends of the friends and we talked about this a little bit on clubhouse this morning, mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, strength of weak links. Um, how do you start to plan? How do you how do you plan your strategy for who these people are that you want to meet that you need you think you need to meet? Well, everybody should have like in our business, you should have a target list of who your aspirational clients are. And you work back from there. Okay, who are my aspirational clients? Dial down per client, who do I need to speak to at that organization or um, if it if it's residential, like where do those potential clients, like where do they spend their time? And then you figure out how do I get into a room with them? How, what Where are they spending their time? Where are they socializing? Where are they networking? If it's an organization where it's more structured, you say, okay, who do I need to talk to? How can I do my research on that person and reach out in a thoughtful way and or get a strategic introduction to that person? You should always know exactly who you're trying to get in front of. Like 
that's the strategy part of the networking. You have to know in advance who you want to try to get in front of. Otherwise, you're just spinning your wheels and hoping a project comes along or hoping a client comes along. Yeah, I think that's gets in, gets into the business development strategy. Obviously, mm-hmm. who who is it? Who's our, who are our, who are our ideal clients, and and where are they? Um, there you go. <clears throat> yes, we have a question from Chris Novelli who says, "Any tips on cold calling, emailing when you're trying to break into a new market sector?" Yeah, so I just so exactly what I I saw that. Which is why I, which is I, why I said it. Okay, I if thought you're that trying to reach out to somebody that you don't know. That's where research is your best friend. Research, 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 research. In my book, I put in examples of emails that I send to people that I have sent to people that I don't know that people have said, "Oh, you'll never get a meeting with that person. That person doesn't respond to email, or that person is really hard to get in front of." Where because I was so, I did so much research and the email was so personal and dialed so far down that the people person actually responded to me and was like, I've never seen an email this like this. And I'm like, I know you haven't. <laughs> well, that, that was probably a challenge to you, Julie. <laughs> I mean, someone says you'll never get an interview with that person. I can imagine that you double down on it. Right. I can imagine that. Anyway, so someone then after you said that about, you know, the strategic introductions, I don't know who this is, but they said, um, that it defeats the purpose of building a network. I live in a cutthroat environment. And my friends are not going to introduce me to their developers. Okay, then you need more friends. You like, do need more friends. I don't understand. I don't understand. This defeats the the purpose of building a network. The purpose of building a network is to have people who are invested in your success. And so, if you, if the people in your network are not invested in your success and won't help you, you need a wider, bigger, broader network. That's yeah. not opinion. Yeah, I, this is, I don't understand. I'm, you know, we're not trying to throw anybody under the bus. It's just sort of misunderstanding, not understanding what the beginning of the statement is. But yeah. what this brings to my mind is that someone thinks that they, they own this closed network. And if that's what you think, you're wrong. Yeah. You do you do not own your network. You do not own the people and that's that sounds like a pretty nefarious way to say it, I guess. But but you don't you you don't own these connections. And if you think that right. you're the only connection that these people have, you are sorely mistaken. And you're gonna find that out uh, sooner rather than later. There are people like that. There are people the, I will I agree with the what the person said that there are people who will not make introductions for you sure, because they hold sure. relationships so close. Yep. And they're like, no, these are my relationships. If you are surrounded by those kinds of people, you need to build a different network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's try, try to extend the logic on that, 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 that comes apart pretty quickly. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, that person wasn't your client always. Right. right. So how did you, how did you get introduced into that network? It, you know, it just starts to unravel. So sorry to go off on that one, but. Well, and then Pam says when she writes cold emails and don't hear back, I'm discouraged when I don't hear back. And then I feel like I shouldn't reach out again. Okay. So so yeah, that's a good idea. Make sure, make, go back and read your emails that you didn't get a response to and say, could I have done more research? Could I have made this more personal? Because I ha- could I have made it more immediate? Stated my ask more clearly after I've put all of these other commonalities in there. Go back and reread them. And then what I do is a couple of things. I have an email tracker. 
So every single email I send, I know if it has been opened and read, and I know how many times it has been read, and I know if you read it on your computer or if you read it on your iPhone. That information is invaluable. You need to know if your emails are being read. So if you go to an email that you sent and it's never been read, you can say, okay, this perhaps got into spam or this got lost in the 700 other emails they got that day. I'm not going to take offense to it. I'm going to resend it and say, I well, well, maybe rewrite it if you have to go back and you're like, oh, maybe this wasn't a great email to begin with, you know? Um, Go back and and you know resend it and say I you know, I we we all get so many emails I and I didn't hear back from you and I just wanted to double check and all this thing these things that's what I do or if they read it I go back and resend it again same exact thing because I know they read it and generally if they've read it and they haven't responded when I reforward it and say. I, I didn't hear back from you and I wanted to double check that you received this blah, 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 for whatever reason. That usually is the trigger. If they reread it, if they read it, they'll be like, oh my God, I meant to respond and my, and my mind went somewhere else. This is what I, I tell a lot of my clients is if you don't hear back from somebody, it's very rarely about you. Think about how busy you are and then think about how busy that person is. Not hearing back from someone is very rarely because that person is like, nope. Like, it's just because they got distracted and they need a reminder. Um, I think that's great advice. And yes, Pam, there are such things as email tracker. You can, um, you probably can get, say, the HubSpot free CRM as email yeah. tracker, yeah. Uh, MailChimp, or if you use any of those services. And one thing I've noticed, uh, because I do the same thing that Julie's talking about, sometimes, Right. If if you're sending to a corporation, or if you're sending to a uh, a corporate URL, they all have their security, their cybersecurity software. So if an email comes up red, and the timestamp on the red is within milliseconds of when you sent it, it is because their scanning software registered it. Mm-hmm. And that does not necessarily mean that the end user saw it. It just means that their scanning software saw it. Yeah. So there's, if, if you run into that, right, you say, oh, it was opened. But then you look at the time and go, that's exactly when I sent it. I, I would assume that they probably didn't see it. It may have gotten yeah. scanned and put somewhere else. And so I would do exactly what Julie is saying. Just, you know, one of those strategies that she's talking about, go back at it. Hey, let's talk ArcViz technology for a second. Powered by the near-limitless Unreal Engine, our friends at Twinmotion offer a fast and easy way to produce stunning real-time visualizations and immersive experiences for your clients. Twinmotion gives you the tools you need to make faster decisions and relay information to your clients in a way that instantly speaks to them. Breathe life into your scene by changing the season, the weather, or the time of day just by moving a slider and immersing your client in a way that they'll love and, more importantly, be able to truly picture themselves in. Why not share your design with stakeholders in collaborative reviews and edit your scene together? There's no better way to get buy-in than by making your clients feel part of the development process. 
Right now, they're running an exclusive free trial, which you can get your hands on by heading to twinmotion.link slash clarity. That's twinmotion.link slash clarity. So Rod just said, I thought this was interesting that he says there's a scarcity mindset that's based on paranoia and there's an abundance mindset that believes in open source. I thought that was interesting. I think that's true. I mean, you, you, and we talked about this the other day, the difference between networkers, this is my theory, (laughs) difference between networkers and connectors, right? Networkers in my mind are these people that their boss said, hey, go to this event and come back with 16 business cards versus someone that goes to an event thinking, okay, how can I help each person that that I meet? And I also you shouldn't go to a networking event and have 16 conversations. How, honestly, how, how in depth and human centric was that conversation? If you went to an hour and event and had 16 conversations, you know, I always say if you're going, networking is a long game and we do not have to meet everybody in one night. So go to a networking event and say, I'm gonna meet two people. I'm going to have two amazing conversations. This is what helps you become really good at follow-up because you don't have to follow up with 16 people the next day. So somebody mentioned like, I'm really bad at taking that next step the next, you know, after an event. If you go to an event, you only have two conversations. You originally, you might've said, oh, I failed at this networking event. I only had two conversations. No, you have, you have won that event because you have had two great, human-centric, interesting conversations where you learned about the other person and you have the material to follow up the next day. So the next day you can say, it was a pleasure meeting you at such and such event last night. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation about underwater basket weaving. And I want to follow up with you and, and, and learn more about you and learn more about your practice and you know, other things that you're involved in. Do you have any time over the next couple of weeks to get together for coffee in person or over Zoom? And then this is what you do. You list the times you're available. These dates, Zoom availability. These dates, in-person availability. You make it as easy as possible for that other person to say, yeah, I want to get together. I'm available this date. Boom, check done. Okay, but people don't follow up and people don't give an action an action item in their follow up they wait for the other person to do it well you're going to wait forever so email them and give them the options that you are available and say pick whichever one is it works for you and and I can't wait so let me ask you this you're going to go to that networking event you're going to have two good conversations are you headed to that event with, you know, if the goal is two, are you headed to that event with three or four or five specific targets? That might well, not be the right way to say Well, if you can get that. an email list in advance, this is what mm-hmm. I do. I, for everything, I try to do as much networking in advance. So if I'm going to a networking event, I try to get the, so Monday, okay, perfect example. Monday, I'm going to an in-person networking event that is outside for a commercial real estate women's group here in Boston. and. The website, when I signed up, showed who was going to the event. So what I did was I called one of the girls that is going, one of the women that is going, that I haven't seen in a couple months, and I said, hey, Tracy, you and I are both going to crew. 
let's get together before the event to catch up. So now I don't have to catch up with her at the event because I'm already going, I'm already catching up with her in advance. And then I reached out to another person and said, hey, I started going to this event. Let's make sure we catch up at the event. So I'm, I'm networking at events before I even get to them. And you should be too. And so that, that's an interesting example. You know, here we are. We were talking about this earlier, obviously, you know, 18 months of COVID or mm-hmm. three years or whatever it's been. I think you said earlier this morning, seven years, seven years, um, <laughs> seven years of COVID. Um, it's almost biblical in a way, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like love in the time of cholera. In a lot, in a lot of ways, I guess. Um, <laughs> so you're going to an in-person event that's outside. Obviously, mm-hmm. there are um, still going to be virtual events, probably a lot of hybrid events in the future. So, 100%. is there any difference uh, other than okay, I'm stuck in my white box. I'm looking at you on the screen. You're looking at me yeah. versus in real skin. But do you have a different approach for hybrid, virtual versus in-person? When I'm in a virtual networking event, I, I, well, I don't ever not have it beside me anyways. I keep my notebook beside me and I write down the names of all the people in the boxes and what they talked about. You can't do that at an in-person event, which That's is why point. there are some really good advantages to having virtual events. I can take notes. I can remember what people said, and then I can follow up with them the next day and say, we didn't get a chance to chat at that virtual event last night, but I loved the comment that you made on such and such and such. Mm, okay? I love that. Um, so we don't get to do that at in-person events. Um, there's really, I, they are both, you know, ways to be wildly successful networking. You just have to approach them differently. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's great advice. And I, you know, I think, I think we better get used to it because it's, you know, we're in this for the long haul. So um, yeah. if we can get to in person, that's great, but there's going to be plenty of screen time in the future, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know I was listening, I was listening to your, uh, uh, one of your podcast episodes, you had gone to, I think it's the future of, future of conferences mm-hmm. or something like that. You had gone to Las Vegas earlier this year, I think it was. Yeah. Talk um, about a re-entry. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. okay, I haven't seen anybody in 17 months. I'll go to Vegas. <laughs> That's exactly but, what I thought. That seems like a good <laughs> choice. That's where it was. That's where the conference was. So off I went. Got yeah, seven that- COVID tests when I came home because I was so freaked out about it. All negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, whether it's Vegas or not, I mean, I totally, I totally get it. Um, it's it's Vegas. It can be overwhelming. Could have been overwhelming. Yeah, I've always been ago. overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think so. One thing I noticed, I got to MC an event uh, in May that I have emceed for years. It's out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's one of my favorite events. Uh, we didn't have it last year because of COVID. Um, and so it was a thrill to go back. It was a thrill to go back to the track. It was a thrill to go back to this event and emcee it. And I realized when I got there, oh my gosh, I'm rusty, you know, mm-hmm. talking to people and seeing yeah. people in real so life. I think else. I've lost something. Yeah. So is everybody else. We're all rusty. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's it's just, we need the reps. We've got to get back into yeah. it and, and have the conversations. It's like anything. It's like anything if you're out of practice. It's a little yeah. like wonky. 
to like get back into it and and you feel a little like out of your own skin and like oh am i doing this right you know but like we everybody is in the same boat this is this is the only good thing about covid we're all in the same boat we're all rusty it's fine yeah yeah at least my suit fit there was that (laughs) (laughs) which not everybody can say after covid (laughs) (laughs) it was was close but it it was all right (laughs) it was all right um It it kind of seems to me, I've always thought of networking as just making friends with people, just being friendly and and making friends. And so I don't, I don't think it seems that much more complicated than, than that, really. Well, you have to understand, yes, we, I can honestly say I don't bifurcate my life into work friends, networking friends, 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 ski friends, like everybody's, you are my friend. However, you have to think about, okay, these are my friends and how can I, how can I learn more about them? How can I be a benefit to them? Like when I, I talk to women a lot and I say, do you have any idea what your girlfriend's husbands do for a living? <laughs> because if you don't know what your girlfriend's husbands do for a living, how could you possibly be a referral source for them or be a, or be um, a part of their network where you could, you know, possibly say their name or whatever. Like we are so, we, we need to learn more about people. So yes, we are making friends, but let's make friends and say, how can we all help each other? And we can't do that unless we know what everybody does. Uh, I think that's an important point. I mean, it's, it's, you've got to get this as far away from transactional as possible, right? The, the yeah. deeper these relationships go, the, the, and, you know, I hate to say it this way, but the more valuable they are. Um, I mean, we're not, we're not trying to extract value all the time. We're trying right. to deliver value. We're trying to share value, but, um, it's really hard, I think, to get any value out of a, a very, uh, you know, I don't know, superfluous, yep. uh, relationship. I agree. I agree. Can, can I ask you a question that may be kind of. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I shouldn't ask you, but I want to ask you anyway. So if I'm networking and I meet men at this thing and then I follow up like, hey, I really liked meeting you and let's get together. How do I keep it from seeming like I'm interested in getting together with them? You know, how do I keep it, make it seem, feel professional? I mean, women okay, is one I've thing. Never wor- I don't, I've never worried about, I've, I've never worried <laughs> about that. Like yeah, I, okay. we both work in a male dominated industry. Yeah. Although it's like t- trending towards not being male dominated anymore, but we both work in a male dominated industry. Men know that men build networks differently than women. They know that they go to an event, they meet somebody, they get together for coffee or, or lunch or whatever the next day. If it makes you feel better, you know, make sure you say, Hey, I want to learn more about your business. Let's get together for coffee. Don't go out for drinks with them. Don't have three martinis with them. You know, like just do things during the day. I have never worried about that. Maybe because my husband's in the same industry and we're kind of like a package deal. Like people know we come together. I don't know. Although sometimes people are like, we'll be at an event and people are like, Oh wait, so you two are married. And we're like, (laughs) Like, we've been here for 21 years. Like, how did you not know that? But, like, I've never worried about that. But I do understand that there are women who do that. That is a huge, you know, form of anxiety for them. So as much as you can say, as much as you can make it a professional introduction, I love talking to you at the event last night. I want to learn more about your business and your practice and what you've worked on. Do you have time for coffee? Like, 
at 10 o'clock in the morning. Like that, or you could say, or bring some, I don't know how big your firms are. I'd love to introduce you to somebody else at my firm. Can we get to all get together? Like bringing someone along that makes you feel comfortable in that situation. Just because it's never happened to me and I've never worried about that doesn't mean it's not a serious cause of anxiety for other women. I get that. But do everything you can to say, like, this is how the world goes around. Like, networking is how the world goes around. Building relationships and getting referrals is how the world goes around. So we have to find a way to make you feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, and I say this all the time. The number uh, – well, I don't even say that. Just about every firm I've ever talked to has said that a large percentage of their work whatever that percentage is, 60 to 97% is probably the range. You know, a large percentage of my work comes from repeat clients and referrals. Mm-hmm. It's all about the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think I talk a lot about, you know, future of profession and things like that. I do not see a time where relationships don't continue to rule uh, by and large everything that happens in this industry. It's it's yeah. built on trust it's built on these relationships and, and, you know, what we're talking about is really, really, um, really, really important. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not the one to try to answer or speak to Catherine's question. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't have an answer anyway, but, uh, but I think that's an important one, right? The yeah. reality of, of, you know, how do you meet people one-on-one or, or otherwise I think is, uh, you know, if it's uncomfortable, and I get it, we're going to talk about networking for introverts tomorrow. Uh, we can get into that today as well. But, um, you know, not everybody's thrilled by the idea of going out and quote unquote networking. So, but we've got to figure it out. Yeah. So we covered this a little bit in the, in the Andre Arc VIP thing a couple weeks yeah. ago where, you know, introverts just get a bad rap. Like there are so many books like, oh, you know, networking for introverts. I'm networking introverts can do this and that there's like no like how to shut up if you're an extrovert like introverts get a really bad rap okay and there's no reason for it because we all know that there's nobody who's 100% introverted and 100% extroverted we all fall in this like ambivert spectrum but we lean towards one side of the other okay and introverts versus extrovert is not like extrovert. Oh, I really love people and I'm good with people. And introvert is like, oh, I don't like people. I like being by myself. Like it's more about where you get your energy from. Okay. Extroverts, somebody like me who tends on the scales towards the extrovert part of the ambivert spectrum, I charge my batteries by being through with other people. Introverts on that part of the spectrum, they're drained by being with other people. They have to go into these events with a full battery. So when you start thinking about it in the sense of energy and not like I'm bad at people and I'm good at people, it changes the conversation. Second is you don't have to go into a crowded room to, to, to network with people. That's the power of strategic introductions. That's the power of one-on-one conversations. If you're really good one-on-one with, and you know that's where you excel is when I'm one-on-one and I'm talking about things that I know that sort of land in my genius zone and that I'm super jazzed about, then do that form of networking. Work on getting strategic introductions to people That if that's where you're comfortable. Introverts listen so much more than extroverts. Introverts are in general more prepared to go to events than extroverts because listen, 
I know I prepare ad nauseum for events, but if I wasn't me, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I could talk to a fire hydrant for 10 minutes. I don't need to prepare for this networking event. Like I can go in, I could talk to anybody. Well, great, but there's nothing strategic about that. And I'm talking, I, I can talk to anybody. You know what I'm not doing? I'm not listening. Like introverts are so great at listening. That's your superpower. That's what makes you better at networking than extroverts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really great advice. And it, to me, we talked about this a little bit yesterday in their context and clarity conversation. You know, if, if you're in that situation where you, you quote unquote, don't like to talk to people, you aren't comfortable talking to people. What about just getting really good at asking great questions and listening? Yeah. And we talked you know, about that this morning. The key to taking the pressure off of you is to ask really great questions. Yeah. But to ask really great questions, you have to have the bravery to say, I'm not going to just talk about work. I'm going to ask really great questions about this person. I'm going to get to know this person. I'm going to find that nugget of thing we have in common with, with each other that has nothing to do with architecture. And then I'm going to build that, this relationship on that. And then it's going to lead to referral work. Like yeah. the asking well, like your great questions. Yeah. And I like your point from just a, a minute ago about uh, doing the research. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're worried about it, right, if you're headed to whatever your event is, AIA, SMPS, ACEC, whatever alphabet soup, chamber, something, yeah. you know, do, do, do your research on the people that, uh, again, assuming that you can find out who's going to be there. Um, I, I like, even if you can't get the list, Right. If, if they don't publish it, if it's not through Eventbrite and it tells you, oh, these people are also signed up, ask your network, right? Put it out there on social media. Who, who do I know that's going to this event? Yep. You know, there, there are ways to, to find out. You can put it on LinkedIn. Put that a, a link to that event on LinkedIn and say, I'm going to this event. Who am I going to see there? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. How much, how much work are you doing? on social leading up to any of these or, or even independent of any of these events? Are you doing a ton of, of uh, connecting on LinkedIn or? You know, um, it depends platform? on the event. So that conference that I went to in Vegas yeah. was, I've never been to that conference before. It was for, it was a national speakers association last year. It was, I've only been an, a professional speaker under the professional speaker, like, umbrella um as an accredited professional speaker for a couple of years now and so last year was virtual and i didn't go and so this year was my first time so i'm going to this conference with 500 people and i don't know a soul so what i did was the national speakers association had a linkedin page they had a facebook page then instagram page and they also launched an app a couple weeks before the conference mm -hmm. now this is a major conference so this this was my job was to network before i got there so I, I did, I've commented on every post the NSA put in and said, I'm so excited. This is my first conference. And then everybody was like, oh, congratulations. I can't wait to blah, 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 blah. Same thing on Instagram. And then on the app, I went and reached out. I did research on people and I looked for people who I thought had my energy, like me and this person, like we're going to, we're going to be like peas and carrots, you know, and I reached out on the app and connected with people so far in advance that when I got there, we'd already had like a back and forth and we were just trying to figure out who each other was in the crowd. So yeah, for big major conferences like that, I'll do that 
two, three weeks in advance. If it's just an event, I'll pop something up on LinkedIn and say, who, who, will I, who will I see there tonight? Or I will do that pre sort of stuff that I mentioned earlier where I reach out to people that I know are going. Yeah, yeah I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, yeah, some Facebook user just said preparation, preparation, and more preparation. I think that's a real key. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you should always have a strategy for all of the events that you're going to, even if you're a, your strategy is, I'm really tired, I'm going to go in, I'm only going to reconnect with the people I know, and then I'm going to get home and I'm going to go to bed. Like, ha- know what you want out of each event so that when you, when you get what you want out of that event, you could say, check done, I'm going home. That's an excellent point. Have a goal for it. Yeah. Yeah. I always think, you know, if I'm going to spend, and I live... I live five miles from the center of Indianapolis, so it's really easy to, for me to get to, uh, you know, an event in downtown Indianapolis, 10 minutes, you know, something like that. But I'm going to invest the 10 minutes, drive there, the drive back, uh, an hour or two, whatever it is. If I'm going to invest that kind of time, you know, minimum two and a half hours, I guess, mm-hmm. what, what I just kind of added up there. If I'm going to invest that amount of time, isn't it worth investing X? 15, half an hour, an hour preparing for that. I mean, you would do that for any other business meeting, Mm -hmm. right? At least. so. uh, And also on the back end. So what time have you put in your schedule for the next morning to say, this is the time that I have to send my follow-up emails to the people that I met last night? Yep. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Again, what's what's the, uh, the, what's the riches are in the follow-up? What's the, how's the saying go? There's something. Well, I, I mean, eight, my quote that I always say is 80% of building and maintaining relationships is just following up. And that's where most okay. people fail mm-hmm. is honestly, they, they go to the event, they put the time in the event, but they don't think about, okay, so what do I, what's the action after this event? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I think you're exactly right. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, um, I know we're headed towards the top of that top of the hour here. So we want to be respectful of everybody's time, but what, um, you know, here we are 2021. What was it? September 9th today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're headed into the fourth quarter of 2021. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the one or two action items, biggest things that people need to accomplish before yeah. the end of the year? The first thing would be reconnect with the people you haven't talked to. Check in with them. We're all not doing 100%. So, like, just check in with, go through your network and say, I haven't talked to this person. That, like, who haven't you talked to during COVID? And just reach out and say, it's been a long 18 months. How are you doing? You know, yeah. so much stuff has happened in people's lives in the past 18 months. So, the first thing is reconnect with the relationships you already have. Okay. The second one would be be really strategic about who you want to meet in the next three months, in the next six months, and then make a plan to get connected to those people. I think that's great advice. One thing, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that, um, I don't remember if it was backstage or if it was, it was when we were live, but I We've mentioned that. we a was, lot lately, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I, I, I spoke with a group about a week ago. It's a group that I volunteer with. It's a job search group. And we got into this conversation about, all the all the movement in employment mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and every day, right? On LinkedIn, you get all the notifications. I'm seeing a ton of people, mm-hmm. uh, and my and my bubble is pretty much like everybody else's here. Probably it's it's very very much professional services AEC. I've seen a lot of people moving around. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe to add to what you just said is look at how many people. Who do you know that has made a move? Yep, um, they're in a new position. You know, hey, congratulations. Tell me about the new the new gig. Yeah, yeah don't say just say congratulations. Say congratulations. Tell me about it. Yeah. Like so that they have again, what is your action item? Make them respond. Yeah, that's a great point. You've got to have a call to action every time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 That's sort of marketing one oh one, but right. in, in networking. The same thing. Same thing. The um we're as we wrap this up, uh again, thank you to uh, all of you for your questions and comments. We didn't get to uh, as many of them as we might have liked, but there were some really, really long <laughs> comments and great conversations yeah. going on uh, on the sidebar there, which is fantastic. We love it. We love the fact that we can have this conversation, that you can be a part of this conversation, that you can have your own conversations during this time, uh, which is fantastic. So if any of you missed any of that, um, you can find a recording, a video recording of this conversation, either in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group, or probably the other easiest place to find it would be to go to the Entree Architect YouTube channel, where you'll get this video, and you can watch it, you can listen to it, you can see all of the comments, and uh, and see what people said and, and everything else. Um, again, if you are a podcast person and you you are out walking or riding your bike or driving or whatever, and you love listening to podcasts. This conversation will come out in audio-only form uh, Monday at noon. So you can check that out on the uh, Context and Clarity podcast, wherever you can consume or you consume podcasts. And I would also encourage you to go to uh, to Julie's website, juliebrownbd.com. And there you can find uh, her podcast. You can find her book. Uh, the podcast is... Always worth a listen, by the way. I just so I was on my bike earlier and I listened to the uh, newest episode with uh, uh, with Drew Davis. So we need an introduction to Drew Davis, by the way. Amazing, he is Uh, lights out amazing, yeah. And it it was a great conversation, it was a great episode. So the podcast is worth a listen, the book is worth a read. Um, check that out, connect with Julie, she's on LinkedIn, she's uh, on Instagram. Um, find her if there. If you want to connect me on LinkedIn, please just tell me, tell me you saw me here because I do um, gate my LinkedIn connections. So, yep, there you go. That's always good advice. Um, when, when you're trying to connect with somebody, send them a note. Yep. Just send them a note. Yeah, just say you saw me here because otherwise, yep. I won't yeah. accept it. Yeah, exactly. So, so reach out to Julie. Thank her for being here. Um, and, um, again, join us tomorrow for our context and clarity conversation at 4 PM Eastern inside the Ontario architect community Facebook group. We're going to continue this conversation again. When we do this, we have our special guest on Thursday this week, obviously is Julie. We're talking to her right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, our theme for the week is relationships and networking and business development. So we craft the entire week around that theme. So tomorrow we'll wrap up the week by talking about what introverts can do. We talked about that a little bit just a few minutes ago. We'll continue that part of this conversation tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then next week, we'll jump into a new theme. 
Our guest next week will be Brian McCartney. We'll talk about SEO for architects. And so it'll be websites, SEO, probably copywriting a little bit next week as well. So uh, join us 9 a.m. Eastern on the Clubhouse app, 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. And then, of course, next Thursday, we'll be right back here, simulcast to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn. (laughs) Got to remember all the, got to check all the boxes there. We'll be in all the places with uh, Brian next week. But with that, Julie, really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing a lot of energy and a lot of knowledge with us today. It was great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. To all of you out there, again, thank you. Thank you for making this a thing. I say this all the time, but if you had not make made context and clarity a thing, you know, we started this April of 2020. We've been going at this a long time. If it weren't for you, we would not be having this conversation with Julie Brown today. So thank you all for that. Um, please be well, stay well, stay safe. Remind all of those around you to keep themselves safe and well, and uh, find a little time to to breathe tonight. Relax a little bit. Come back tomorrow because we're going to do this all over again. Starting at 9 o'clock, continuing at 4 o'clock. We'll talk about uh, introverts and networking tomorrow. So, you know, for those of you that are on that side of the spectrum, you may need a nap in between, but we're going to do it all day tomorrow. So, uh, so join us for that. So with that, thanks everybody. To all of you out there in podcast land that are listening to us in the future, thanks for listening. Hope there's something in this conversation that uh, can help you Uh, do something to build your business. So thanks to all of you. Appreciate all of you. And uh, we'll see you around somewhere sometime soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Before we go, I want to say thank you to Twinmotion for their support of this episode of Context and Clarity Live. Visit Twinmotion today at twinmotion.link slash clarity and try Twinmotion for free. Okay, well, there you have it. What did you think of that conversation? Hopefully there was some big takeaway that will help you this week with your business. If there was, let me know. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter. You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast and leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us get the message out and help us help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well so you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine will join me again along with a special guest, or will it be guests from the Context and Clarity community so we can break this conversation down? It will be Context and Clarity backstage, so to speak. So join us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in today's conversation to our own businesses. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment, and it's the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know that you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And finally, if today's topic is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations 
and we take these topics and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community, your practice, and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.